What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Middle cough! Amy! If you're coming to us today, I, I guess it's because you want to talk about sports, John. Guy, Kanye's the president? Unbelievable. Kanye! Kanye! From, I, I threw the wire. When I, when I heard through the wire, I knew. Uh, yeah. I, I probably knew at, uh, I'm trying to think. I can't even think of the songs. Uh, yeah. Through the wire! Through the yeah. wire! Remember he like rapped when he had a broken jaw? Yeah, that was through the, the wire. That was the song. That was the, the album, right? That song. I love that song. It, it, is, it is a good. It I had no good. idea where we were heading, but um, Kim, I guess she's moving in. Well, did you see that Kim took everyone to that island? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, listen, guys, we quarantined. Everything's safe. Like, Kim, no one gives a fuck. One, two. It's like, we're just going to a private island with me and my 75 friends. It's like, uh, cool. Thanks for letting us know. The hologram. With OJ's buddy, the lawyer, her yeah, father, yeah. Robert Ka- Kardashian, it was really, it looked real. It's one of the crazier, creepier, more intense things I've ever seen. Especially with, a, I assume that's his voice that they cut up to say. Yeah, things like that through videos. They, they edited it to deep fake, deep fake dad. This is a weird birthday gift. Yeah. But I mean, when you've given everything, like what else can you give other than messages from heaven? Well, yeah. When well, think about this. When you have unlimited money, with Kanye and Car- Kim, do like money is nothing they can get each other. Like a diamond. What well, Kim's like? I, I'm worth fucking a billion dollars. You're gonna give me a diamond? Yep. Nothing like that is probably the only gift you do have to think outside the box. So if anything, how do you top that? You don't like that is the best gift. If she likes that gift, like I was thinking, like would I want that to happen? I don't know if I could handle it. I uh, but, I don't think I could, but it's but it's just how do you do something crazier than that? I, who knows what the future holds? I mean, yeah, who knows? They, they're ahead of the curve. I know how you top it. You congratulations! You're the first lady. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> uh, all right, John. This podcast is brought to you by Ease.com promo code Ham. Ease.com promo code Ham. Or if you're a returning user, 
Get 10% off with HAM10. EAZE.com, promo code HAM, promo code HAM10. Edibles, pre-rolls, vapes, topicals, they got it all. Just go to the website, EAZE.com. Go to the website, number one cannabis delivery in the state of California. You heard that, state of California. Uh, Northern California, Southern California, Central Coast, Central Valley, they have it all covered. Go to the website, check it out, whatever you want, they got it. If you're a first-time user, if you already used it, obviously use someone else's you know, credit card. Like, not Don't steal it, but your mom, your brother, your roommate, whoever, your wife, your girlfriend, your kids, I don't know, EAZE.com, promo code HAM. Or for our returning users, HAM10, get yourself a little 10% discount. It's very easy. Just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. Then you start... Then you start browsing the vast selection, the best brands, highly, finely tuned. This this Ease products, finely tuned like DK Metcalf's body. Uh, Ease.com, 20 or over, verify on, online in minutes, and then boom, you just wait for the uh, the driver to come deliver. 20 bucks Do off it. your first delivery, $50 or more. Podcast also brought to you by Sleep Number Discover. Right now, go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Discover the Sleep Number 360 smart bed for game changing sleep at sleepnumber.com slash ham guy the key to a good night's sleep starts with a good bed you have a sleep number bed i have a sleep number bed uh the average person you know gets about seven and a half hours of sleep which is kind of crazy uh and i i'm a i value sleep i i try to get between that seven to eight hour range and the key is one to get to bed early but two is to have a comfortable bed we've all slept I mean, hell, you probably slept on floors, you know, throughout your days, couches and stuff. You know how much of a terrible night's sleep you get. Try the sleep number bed. You'll never go back. Obviously, everyone raves about it because they are legit. They're the best in the business. I'm telling you, order one right now on us. Uh, sleep IQ knows that the only natural immunity booster, or the best one at least, is sleep. It helps with energy and recovery. During the Veterans Day sale, save $1,000 on a special edition smart bed now $17.99 plus there are exclusive offers for military members for a limited time only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham sleep number is the official wellness sleep and wellness partner of the nfl and haberman middle cuff the nfl why do you think Haberman's doing all these games on the weekends? He's got to pay for his bet. It's got to pay. <laughs> the bed paid for itself, thankfully enough. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> you guys pay for my bet. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully you get something out of the deal as uh, as we do. Good sleep. Okay. Uh, now, we did a couple videos. Somebody asked if we were going to do an emergency pod the other day on uh, Monday when Kittle and uh, Jimmy G were both ruled out for an extended period of time. We immediately did a, has Jimmy played his last game as a 49er video? Subscribe to that YouTube page. Yeah, go check out. Up. I, somebody asked me the other day, are the YouTubes and the uh, podcasts the same content? Some of it's the same from the podcast. Some of it's unique stuff. Those videos happen to be unique. If I could advance it, one thing I've seen a few times today is like, yeah, I think Barrows wrote this in his mailbag on The Athletic. If Belichick wants Jimmy back, that's the sign that you should keep him. I don't subscribe to that, but <laughs> that is one of the things that's being discussed, John. Well, part of why Belichick might want him back, I don't know. And listen, I'm a big Matt Barrows guy. It's because look at his quarterbacks. Cam Newton's <laughs> skipping balls. Stidham sucks. He hates Brian Hoyer at this point, but he doesn't have a choice. He's got to keep him around because of Corona, and you just never know. To me, that is, if, if Belichick wants him back and will pay, I'd say like a fourth-round pick to just get rid of that contract and save you, not the heartache, but... 
It's not a great look when you paid him a ton of money and two years later you're cutting him. If you trade him, you at least save some face, right? It just, I, I actually think it's a better look if you can trade a player than cut him always because it does show you, especially if it's Bill Belichick, I think you have to do that if you want to get off him. But like, would it me, scare you off if Bill wants him back? No. I, what you. would scare me off is that he's fucking played like shit. He's been awful. Like, to me, part of it is we're already, you're too far, two steps ahead. The re, like, that we're even having the discussion, is Jimmy coming back, is the problem, right? That's whether teams want him or not. Like, I, that's, we got to advance the talks. Right now, the talks are at a table in the 49ers building and going, well, they're probably not doing that now because they're cramming for this Thursday night game. But just maybe over the bye week and just as times like slow down and they can just look at each other and have legitimate conversations. Do we want, is this guy our long-term, when I even say long-term, like, is this guy going to be on a roster next year? And that's, I mean, we'll talk about, I think what the NFL is doing with maybe expanded playoffs because they desperately don't want to cut the the salary cap from 200 to 175. I think in a perfect world, they'd cut it down, you know, at minimal as possible. But I do think we know that it's going to be lower. So all these teams, Parag is telling these guys, like, listen, here's what we got. Here's what we can do. Here are some options. We had to renegotiate a couple contracts. We're kind of screwed here with D Ford. I saw, like, uh, the dude that runs, not Spot Track, but the other site. OTC. Tweeted out. What's over, the other one? Over the cap? Over the cap, yeah. Whoever the over the cap guy is. Said, uh, in 2021, the Saints have over $270 million I over saw the that. cap. It's like, oh, right, guy, if it was $170 million, they'd have to cut like $100 million. Yeah, but if, I mean, if Drew actually retires, what's his number, like 40? Still, but no, it's, <laughs> I think it's like 30, but it's, okay. it's still a lot. Yeah. Like, we've talked before, the Niners sneaky don't have that many high-priced guys, and they have other guys they need to extend, and Jimmy is the one contract. Remember, we talked about, like, how could they make some crazy trade for Stephon Gilmore, Odell Beckham? It's like, well, you could rework Jimmy's deal. Well, that's out the window now, right? Yeah. You mean and add some guaranteed money to it? Yeah, so it's like his dead cap's higher, but it frees you up space. Like no chance. Mm-mm. And that it was clear, like probably after game one, like yeah, I don't know if we're gonna rework any deals with Jimmy. Well, that and that's what I keep going back to. Not to judge a guy on one game because it, it's more than that. It's not just about that game. But he he we were talking about whether or not Garoppolo was going to be better this year before he hurt his ankle, and clearly his ankle mattered. And if it got re-injured, it, because it wasn't a hundred percent, that all that stuff's real. But that doesn't remember change. he was he was bad healthy in the Arizona game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I here's why the conversation, like to me, it's stupid in Philadelphia. Carson, check out his contract. Like if Carson Wentz was on a year-to-year contract, like they had, let's say they had given Carson Wentz the Jimmy Garoppolo contract, so he was just in the situation. I'd be like. I would disagree, but there would be merit in the conversation. Same with Jared Goff. Like, are we sure? But both those two guys, for example, ironically, were in the same draft, are on such enormous contracts. Their dead cap, no matter how ugly it gets for either guy, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz can keep throwing picks and playing like shit the rest of the year. They are 100% going to be on the team. And back to the other two guys that we talk about, like, could Kyle get back with his exes? Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins? Check out their contracts. The, so the Niners are going to cut Jimmy and acquire... Like, it doesn't even make financial sense. To spend more money but, on one of these other guys? Yeah. yeah, but Jimmy does make... Like, this conversation now that he's been benched a couple times and he's injured and clearly Kyle's not in love, to me, is 
is now a fair conversation, right? Right. We had talked uh, when Albert Breer joined us for at the Combine. He's like, look at it essentially like you're on a month-to-month lease. That's just what his contract tells you. Like Carson Wentz, it's March and you're in a year lease, right? Can I Maybe s- not March, but like June. Or same with Jared Goff. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, legit, you're in a month-to-month lease. Like this year is a month. And like his con- like you can get out. You don't even have to pay for the cleaners on the way out. No. <laughs> now you could push back like they did give him like basically sixty to seventy million dollars in an eighteen month span. Now I, it's not our money. Who cares? But I, that's a little kid conversation. Like uh, the big kid conversation is: was it the right move? Did they allocate the funds? And that I think as time goes on, we could have a. I don't know if you saw this, but someone tweeted like a baseball writer, like, can we stop talking about players as assets? Well, yeah, if you want to sit the little kid t- table, talk about it like that. But in, in this world where the contracts are either assets or liability, like this is business. Like, Yeah, that's the, a the writer. NFL I don't know who did that, but that's somebody who's too close to the players. You agree that's an embarrassing topic? I, yeah, I don't what? even, who cares? You know what I mean? Well, like, But like no, your contract... Stop. But your contracts are assets. Like, can you trade them? Are they or are they liability? Like right now, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is probably neither. It's just probably in the middle. If Belichick's interested, you could argue it's an asset. I, I would argue his contract's an asset just because it gives you the option if you don't want him to not pay him $27 million. What would Jared Goff what him. would Jared Goff's be? It would not be an asset. It would it would be a liability. And I would Carson, say Carson Wentz. You know, to me, Carson's a nothing. I, as someone who said early in the year, I think you and I agreed on this, like Carson is just, he is killing me when you watch him and he's killing them sometimes. You know he had four turnovers against the Cowboys? I, I know, but <laughs> I've softened on him a little just because I just because I had to react to people who wanted to see Jalen Hurts in the game. And I'm like, look, I, I would not want to be building my team around Carson Wentz. But I also, when I watch him and I see his interceptions, to me, they're different than some of the... The things that Goff does that aren't winning plays and the things that Jimmy does that aren't winning plays to me are different than the non-winning plays that Wentz Wentz makes a lot of these mistakes out of just like, just fuck it. This is backyard football and I got to do whatever I can to win. And to me, they're awful. I mean, some of them are really bad, but I think there's more. who the leading wide receiver is in the league since week four? Is it? Fulham? Yeah. Well, I don't but, think I he mean, would be that if Carson Wentz wasn't his quarterback. I, I think that tells you everything. You and again, I wouldn't want Carson, but as someone who was critical of him early in the year, I do think we've gone a little overboard when we start talking about Jalen Hurts. See, like, where I'd push back when you say I wouldn't want him, for example, I think the Niners would take him in a New York minute. Now, they you know, obviously financial. I just wouldn't want to make me like, I wouldn't want to make him – I wouldn't want to give him quarterback franchise money and try to build the whole thing around him in a bubble. Now, if you said, would you rather do it with him or Goff, I'd, do, I'd say him. Would you rather do it with him or Garoppolo? I'd say him. Would you rather do it with him and most quarterbacks in the league? I would try my hand at it with Wentz because I've seen him look like an MVP and well, I know I, what his I, skills are. Would you, if you just had to build your team from scratch over the next five years, would you take Carson Wentz or Lamar Jackson from, from scratch? Not like where they are now, you know, because like, obviously Lamar's on a loaded team, but – as we're seeing, Lamar can't pass against the good teams. Like he can't. Like, the, the but I think if there. I've got a bad team, Lamar might be the better. Well, I know player. that's Lamar. Kind of is going to guarantee you're going to win. Yeah, Whereas but Car- you're going to lose in the playoffs. I'm not convinced that Carson can win in the playoffs either, because the mistakes yeah, he makes are the kind that kill you. Well, in the I playoffs. know that, that's what that's what makes these conversations about quarterback 
quarterbacks. I did just think so polarizing. You and me, before we hit record, we're kind of bullshitting about Daniel Jones. And I've had this thought in the back of my head. You know who loved Daniel Jones coming out of college? Jay Gruden. Because he thought in that zone offense, I don't know, the Kyle Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur offense, he'd be perfect for Boots, waggles. In theory, he's accurate. You watch him in the Giants. He can get a little loosey-goosey. And he makes some decisions that make you puke. Yeah, he's in, in theory, what he's supposed to be is like a more talented, I love using this bar, Alex Smith, <sighs> super smart, really buttoned up. He's like a high-level guy, Duke, like 4.0 student, high Wonderlick score, really accurate, but he's just, you know what's crazy is he sometimes some this why it's like, John. you have to be really accurate coming out of college to be a good NFL quarterback. And you're like, well, Baker Mayfield is really fucking accurate. I, I, actually, I... Some of these offenses in college, like I, I don't know, you know, are they really that? So not like, do they do they parallel what he's going to do in yeah. the league? Because he he's getting rushed, he's freaking out, and like to me, Tom Brady is just. I had the thought last night of my pushback on pocket quarterbacks. The one thing that will never not work in the league is stepping up in the pocket, and that's what Tom is. When, when Daniel Jones, who on his worst day is a better athlete than Tom's best day of his life, is such a worse player in the pocket, he like runs into guys. Tom doesn't leave a two-yard radius. He steps up to the left. He can't move at all, and it does not fucking matter, right? And yeah. it's just like th- that is something that why probably unathletic guys are will always be able to thrive if. And I don't think Daniel Jones is a pussy but I think most humans' re- natural reaction in the pocket, I'm talking NFL quarterbacks, who are just probably pretty tough guys, is to flinch and go backwards. And it's why I think you and I, and, and most people that know what they're talking about, really always respected Phillip Rivers. He never went backwards. He always went in to hit contact. Luck was great at that. Breeze, like the great pocket quarterbacks, the the all-stars, are don't flinch. And I, you see Daniel Jones, who's like, ah! I also don't you think though that like if we if we like has his moments where he's not flinching then he has others where he's free exactly like I bet if we went to a defensive coordinator and said you don't know who the quarterback you're about to play is give me your keys to the game one of the first things they would say is like we got to get bodies around his feet like I think in some games the game starts the quarterback comes out bing bang boom 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 and had the body will die and they get some momentum yeah Greg Williams, but they get some momentum, they get some confidence, the offense is rolling, the defense is on his heels, and on that day, it works. And then in other games, like the Packers-Bucks game, the Bucks are getting Aaron early, Aaron throws an early pick, then he throws another pick, and the next thing you know, Aaron's going backwards, and the ball's going all over the place, and they're out of rhythm, and he doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think sometimes it's a week-to-week deal. Like, some weeks, you get Daniel Jones looking confident, I mean, he's a bad example because he doesn't have a body of work. But I think most weeks, Aaron looks great. And then some weeks, the Niners hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. The Packers offense never gets off the ground. You're like, God, we rattled Aaron Rodgers today. So, you know, I I do think it can change. Like, I do think that's part of... But to me, it's what makes a good quarter. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just saying... A pro bowl, elite, I mean, a high-end guy, that to me, a quote-unquote franchise quarterback... 12 of his 16 games are going to be winnable games. Like you're going to get them a couple times. You're going to Brady got got last night. He still made enough plays though in the big moments. To me the average guys and I think this would be the pushback on Jimmy. If you look back Everything on last comes year back to Jimmy. But I think if you look back on last year, 
Jimmy did have a lot of good games down the stretch, but you look at a lot of early games, he wasn't that good. They just got lucky their defense was dominating. He didn't. It's not like Jimmy had 12 good games out of 16. He probably had like five or six, but they happened when they had to happen later in the season. So in my mind, I start thinking he was probably better than he was because now I'm watching him going, he's actually had way more below, maybe not below average, but just mediocre quarterback games than he has like really good quarterback games. Yeah, yeah. No, he has. I think part of when you see those great games, you go, okay, that's where he could be. Get him there every week, and you get something special. And, and, and you know what the thing is? Most quarterbacks, you see it with Jared Goff. Hell, you're seeing it with Carson, who's more talented than the, all these guys. You've seen it with Carr over the years. Like Most guys are just kind of in the middle. And, and at the and I think it gets tough. Like, what do you pay them? They actually have some leverage over you because you're, like, you're not going to get rid of me. I'm still better than you can do. And Jimmy, the difference with Derek, for example... Derek, really, the last four years has just been, ever since he broke his ankle, I think he's only missed a game or two, has been really durable. Like, Jimmy now, once you start missing games, that, to me, is when the light goes off. Like, once you start missing games, I go, I can live with your ups and downs if you're there every game. Like, at the end of the day, Sean McVay's like, well, I know the motherfucker's going to be under center. Like, I, I don't have to worry about, like, Sean May. I don't even know who their backup is. They've had the rotational, really cheap backup over the last couple. It doesn't matter. With with Jimmy, it like his backup does matter. My first year in Philadelphia, Mike Vick almost won the MVP. But he got hurt a game or two. And it was clear, like, God, he's pretty reckless. That offseason was when we tried to sign Alex Smith. And remember, Harbaugh ended up convincing him to stay. And he was going to make him the highest paid backup in the league. At the time, it was like $5 million dollars which 10 years later probably would equate to like 12, right, in NFL inflation. And Michael Vick had just signed a $100 million contract. So whenever you're doing that, to me, it's an immediate red flag. You don't have your guy because you're already kind of hedging your bets. Turned out Vince, like, you Young, Vince Young was the signing, right? Wasn't that the signing? Yeah, because when Alex, I, I think he And then Vince said dream, dream Team. I think he thought he had Alex. And the irony is he ended up getting him a couple years later, like he was smitten for Alex. I mean, I... You know what deep down Andy thought? He thought he could win with Alex as much as Michael. But obviously, what's he going to do? And like, he later not proved keep it. Michael, and he proved it. And I think this is back to Kyle. Kyle's already proven he can win or be competitive with just like at the end of the day, Matt Ryan did win an MVP, but he's an average talent, right? He's had some great wide receivers, but I don't think I I respect Matt Ryan like his footwork, his fundamentals, his toughness, but he's not a great talent. Like he's just not. And obviously, Brian Hoyer and Matt Schaub in Houston. Like, I, Kyle doesn't look at it like, I need Mahomes, clearly, because he didn't even watch him. But uh, I, I just, because Jimmy, at the end of the day, like, Kyle liked Jimmy. Jimmy wasn't some great talent. He just thought he could probably run his offense. So did Bill. And then it turns out, guy, you never truly know how good a guy's going to be you could say this about like radio. You could say this about TV. You could say this about fucking actors. You could say this about quarterbacks. Until the lights come on and you actually have to perform, a lot of it is a guessing game at the highest level. Like, well, he did it in college. Well, he's been doing it for Bill as the backup. Well, he did it for Bill as a for a game. Well, great. Well, what does he look like over thirty games? Right, Peyton Man, Eli Manning did it. Yeah, for but you know what? Seasons. Like Jimmy can do it. Like I've seen him do it. Now, can he be? The I, I know, but at what level? Well, right, but I've seen him do it at the highest level. I saw him do it in the Saints game, right? But then it's like your team gets more expensive. He needs better players around him. Does he continue to get better? See, but I, I'd, I'd stop you right there. You said you saw it in the Saints game. 
We've seen a lot of quarterbacks over the years do it in a game or two. Like, can you do it over multiple years? And I don't mean at that right. level every game, but I, but I just mean no, no, I know. Consistency. I understand. I, I do think, I think if this is the last we've seen of Jimmy, I think that he played below his abilities at the end of his Niner career. But that's fine. That's I would still look for something better. I, I think we have the answer. He's not a franchise centerpiece quarterback. And once you well, know that he, about I, your guy, you need to start looking for your next guy. Why? And I think one thing he's got really going against him, and, and the guy that says this all the time, he definitely did when he was on TV. You probably hear more of his sound bites consistently than I do. I still feel like I see a decent amount of them. His Herm was the best abilities availability. Like he hammers at it, you know, because he, he's old school. And that those guys in like the 70s and 80s, and I bet he says that to Arizona State all the time. Like, you can't make the club in the tub, even though in college, like you're on scholarships. Like, well, coach, I'm on the club. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm good. I'm, I got a four year scholarship as long as my grades stay above. But I think the point is, you're right. He, he's probably underachieved lately, but now his like availability makes that underachieving even dramatically worse. Right. right? Because I think part of it is he hasn't been in a rhythm. Maybe that's part of the reason he hasn't been his best self this year. Like he didn't remember last year he started slow and then as the year went on, he got better. He didn't get that opportunity, but that's it's not that he didn't get that opportunity because it's someone else's fault. Not that it's his fault, but he has been he's been injured repeatedly. One thing Herm also says all the time is like his in his program, they're gonna defer to the younger guy. Right. So if they got player A and player B and they're both the same talent level, but player A is a freshman and player B is a junior, player A is playing. As in, I already That's know awesome. what I already know what I got out of the other guy. So we're gonna let's see what else we could let's see what we can develop out of this younger guy, right? And that's kind of where maybe, things maybe get with he grows. Maybe he grows like a flower. If Jimmy had looked like this three years ago, you go, all right, you can get something. But we were there three years ago, and now we're here, and it needed to be better, and it it hasn't been. So anyway, see, to me that that Herm thing with the younger guy is a huge NFL mentality, right? Like it's just totally because when we were growing up, it was like seniors play seniors and then it really shifted probably 10 15 years ago like uh, an underclassman has never won the heisman trophy now it's like freshman winning it no one even cares saban's like come on in you know and, and i think in the nfl has always been like that because of money because the older you get you just naturally get more expensive so you you pull the trigger a little like we're not gonna pay this guy and the quarterbacks are on the highest level I think it works for like just any position. Well, it's like, well, we got to pay that. Like Kendrick Bourne, for example, he's going to be a free agent. How are the, he's not going to be on the Niners next year. And that has nothing to do with the Niners don't like him, that they don't think he can play. They actually kind of rely on him probably more than they ever expected to. But they're just, he's one thing at uh, uh, $900,000 a year. It's, well, what happens when the Bears pay him $4.5 million, right? Right. Yeah, it doesn't mean the Niners didn't think he was a four and a half million dollar player. It's like we just can't allocate those funds. Sure, and in college, it's about recruiting. Like you get better players if you promise them you're going to have an opportunity to play early. It's about upside. It's about you don't have four year players anymore. Guys are gone if they're good enough after three. You just got to you got to get them in and play. Yeah. Although Washington plays. does have a quarterback on their roster that transferred from Sac State, that is a seventh year senior this year, so he gets a free year. He could be an eighth year quarterback in 2021. <laughs> How old is he? I don't know. I mean, he was a freshman in 16, 17, 18, 19. No. No, man, hold like on. Four. 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, I don't know what his freshman year was, but. How the fuck's he so old? Just gray shirt, red shirt, couple, injury. Well, a couple injury mission. red shirts. No mission. No. A yeah. couple injury red shirts in there. Anyway. That's actually pretty impressive to go from Sac State to Washington. Like, so this guy must be pretty He started talented. somewhere else. He started like an FBS 
Oh. So he's one of those seven-year transfer guys. Like I, I got those guys red flag. Yeah, I was, he's from Washington. I wish him well. Seems like a good dude, but I don't think he's the a Pac-12 I, the level. The thing I passer. always hated in scouting, and we've talked about this probably before, is like it usually goes the other way, right? He like couldn't play at SC, so he ends up at Cal Poly, and then it's like before you go on the road, the scouting director's like, keep an eye on the small school guy. Like this guy transferred from USC. This guy transferred from Oregon State, and then you get there, it's like this guy's awful. Oregon State guys would say we never should have recruited the guy. And then the Cal Poly guy, he looks at all our players like he he's way better than the irony. He's like right. our seventeenth best player. It's like <laughs> God, this guy sucks. Can we stop acting like he's an Oregon State player? They didn't like him. They basically kicked him out of the program. He transferred to a small school and he barely plays. That's like when you say like, so what? What you so what that you liked the guy coming out of college? We have he's been in the league now four years. There's no reason to look at your college scouting report anymore. <laughs> I, I remember I remember when I first got. Because when you first get to the NFL, you take so much pride in like where you came from. Like You talk a lot about Cal Poly and Fresno State. And there was this famous story when I got to the Eagles about Ramsey's Barton, who was his third-round receiver from yeah. Cal Poly. He was like 6'5". And the guy that helped me get hired for the Eagles, Anthony Patch, who's still like their college director, loved him. And I think a lot of people did. He went in the third round. And there were a lot of arguments. Because Ramsey's was like 6'6". He looked like fucking Evan Ingram or something. But he wasn't. I think he ran like a 4'7". So a lot of people push back when you're slow, when you're really tall, like, how are you going to get open? And it turned out to be true. But I think Patch's main argument in the draft room was like, they're like, we don't think this guy, this guy's like a late round undrafted free agent. And his argument was like, I guess you just don't like guys that broke Jerry Rice's collegiate records and like storms out of the room. <laughs> you know, just a lot of those like. <laughs> That's where you're like, so you're saying he's Jerry Rice? Yeah. Well, the point is like, he didn't know he shattered Jerry Rice's record. Yeah. And he did, yeah. you know, in the wing tee. It's, <laughs> the other thing is, like, FBS football games on the West Coast and FBS, like, Power 5 games in California and Power 5 games in Mississippi, gen, you can you can make it, you can get a general idea what the talent level is, right? Division 2 football games in Mississippi in 1984 and Division 2 football games in Northern California in 2007. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Can you even imagine some of the guys covering Jerry Rice in like 1983? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw this picture like what on the internet? Like what happened to the like? Can you imagine like what happened to the white corner? Like how the fuck would those guys cover like uh, DK Metcalf now? And it was a picture of like Jeff Fisher. <laughs> In like 1981, like a rookie, probably a, he, he had, had like a bar down the middle, mustache. Did he have a face yeah. mask with a bar down the middle? <laughs> yeah, he's playing DB. It's like, oh my! Can you imagine that guy trying to cover like fucking Keenan Allen or or Devonte? Get worked. Like Jason Seahorn oh was God. a legitimate athlete, but there are some pictures in like the 70s and 80s of the Jeff Fisher types. <laughs> What's happened you know? to the white corner? <laughs> <laughs> Because you'd say the one thing there are like Christian McCaffrey is a lead enough. Like, could Christian McCaffrey have been a DB? Or how about his? Should his brother switch to corner right now? Well, what position does his brother play? I, I was a little confused because it's like, well, he's, he plays quarterback, and then they lined him up and they handed him the ball like a running, back. which is like the first sign that he doesn't play quarterback at Nebraska. Where, where's his? Where's the middle brother? That he's start, in the portal still. I think I think he's in the portal still. I don't think he's well, signing. Well, I mean, hey, uh, what's his name? Billy McCaffrey. You just no. I watched Dylan? You a little bit. Is you're that one Dylan? Not, yeah, it's Dylan. Who's the one in Nebraska? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think Dylan is definitely Harbaugh's one. 
Dylan is not a good quarterback. This one I haven't seen throw, but I've seen run enough to like play running back. Your brother just made That's like what I'm 50 saying. million. It's like the you blueprints know? in front of you. It's like, no, I don't know if the room. Mm. I don't want to play running back. Oh, what's Christian doing? Oh, well, he just signed a $50 million contract. He went in the top 10. Went to Stanford. And he's dating. And he went to Stanford and he's dating Julian Edelman's ex-girlfriend, some Victoria's Secret model. I'd say he's got the world by the balls playing running back. Every kid I know and every human I know is like, God damn, McCaffrey's good. Have you met one person that just follows football that when Christian McCaffrey comes up, like, God, I didn't think he was going to be this sweet. Like, he's universally respected and loved. You could argue I mean, he's, he's like better the, than Reggie Bush in college. Well, in college. Yeah. In co- wait, say that again? I think you could argue he's better than Reggie was in college. If you look at uh, that's, where, if you, that's where I'd push back. I, I know you would. I know most people would. But if you go back and look at the numbers and you go, I, now the thing was Reggie was playing for the greatest college football team of all time, right? But Stanford was pretty good too, his primo yeah. years. And his numbers were crazy. Now, the other thing with Reggie is be like, well, Reggie had to split carries with Lendale, took some of Reggie's numbers, right? The goal but, lines for sure. But it's not as crazy as you think if you go look at the numbers. Well, yeah. And actually, Christian, it only gets better with age. Like, look, I am an I'm an all time great potentially. How did we right. not do a COVID pandemic top podcast that was just where did the white corner go? I'm going to be sitting on the couch in three hours and laugh about that. <laughs> I'd say because the majority of our life they haven't really existed, so it was like pre our existence kind of. I, I think they really kind of disappeared and like. Uh, you know, the, the, probably the seven. Well, I was watching this uh, Real Sports the other day, and it was like somebody, this guy who is a Negro Leagues historian is trying to get base Major League Baseball to recognize the Negro League stats in the official record books, right? So like your third, you could have one of the greatest home run hitting seasons could have been a Negro Leagues player. And he's How like... How many teams in the Negro League? I don't, I don't know what the... Probably 20, 30? I think when sure. I lived in Kansas City, the Negro League Hall the, of Fame. The Hall of Fame, yeah, it is. Yeah. And this guy's like, what evidence do you need that the Negro Leagues deserves to be part of the Major League Baseball record book? Because they recognize these other, like the old American League from 1895. Yeah. He's like, what more evidence do you need that after baseball integrated, after Jackie, like nine of the next 10 MVPs were all Negro League players. It was like the number was ridiculous. Like they all came from the Negro Leagues to Major League Baseball and started winning all the MVPs. It's yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> Like two of the greatest players of all time in Major League Baseball were Negro Leagues players, Willie and Hank Aaron. Yeah, Willie May started in the Negro League. Apparently, I didn't know because he was a, he was nineteen that, years Satchel old. Satchel Page. Well, Satchel, yeah, Satchel's the yeah. Negro Leagues legend. Yeah, how about I mean, getting, Josh uh, Gibson inside and, baseball? Bob Costas. There you go. <laughs> uh, but but I think Willie was like nineteen because he him and uh, Mantle were both rookies in '51. But. Um, the, the the crazy thing is, and, uh, and played the World Series that year. Before, when when I remember bullshitting with Ida Blue, all the Willie Mays and and Satchel Page and these guys now, Henry Aaron, who knows? But I don't know how great of like an athlete he was. I know he's a great hitter. I'm just I'm not. I might be naive on that. Is I just feel like these guys are playing football now, right? Like if you grew up in the South right now in 2020, and you're like a 17 year old kid, are you trying to play baseball? Or are you trying to go to LSU and play? Fucking running back. I did which see is just crazy. I did see like when, Vita Blue. When you meet Vita Blue, you think like that guy looks like an NFL athlete, yeah, right? Yeah. He, but he was sight. But obviously, he fucking dominated. And he would have been a he would have been a college quarterback if it if he was probably well, just what, look, if he had been when, born thirty years later. Well, just think about this: when the elite athletes do go all in on baseball, you get Mookie Betts, 
you get Barry Bonds, you get Ken Griffey Jr. Those guys now just don't really play it anymore, which is kind of sad because I do think when we were growing up, it wasn't just baseball it was really popular. Some of the best athletes in America played the sport. It was just an exciting sport to watch. It's you know now become not to go on a Bob Costas rant, but very analytically driven. It's kind of boring at times now. Just the way the game's played and yeah, just it's, the it's, athletes aren't as there. It, home runs are fun, but it, you need a little activity to happen on the field. Yeah, I think. Um, I agree. And Mookie, you watch Mookie's a great exactly. Mookie's stealing bases. Uh, so we were going to do a thirty-minute podcast. We've gotten to none of our topics, and we're <laughs> thirty-four minutes into the show. Uh, so let's dive in. Okay. Here comes the podcast now, everybody. Uh, podcast brought to you in part by DraftKings. Thank you, DraftKings. Get in now. We've got a football game. Use the promo code HAM when you sign up. We got a football game as of recording this that's a little over half full. We will have a big Masters game next week. So get ready for the Masters next week. DraftKings promo code HAM. Yeah, download the app. Promo code HAM. What, what are you thinking? 150 people? I think so. $20 yeah. buy-in? You just want to go massive? Yeah, let's go big I like mean, we did for the... Go big or Isn't go home. What, is, didn't we do 20 and 150 for the PGA Championship? Yeah, I mean, didn't you make at third place like $700? No, nah, it was like, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like four. Yeah, I mean, I have I over $700 in my DraftKings account right now. Are you serious? Because yeah. <laughs> you've won another game Because I just won like another 30, another 110, yeah. God, you're fucking hot. I, I got, I, I mean, mine is like a, mine is a liability. All I do is input money and lose it. I use DraftKings as a third bank account, actually. <laughs> That's, I'm impressed. Uh, download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM, golf, obviously football every week. You can play in individual games. You can play your friends. Uh, you can obviously get in our games. I have a DraftKings credit game. card, John. I just charge it on the DraftKings. <laughs> we, we got a football game going. I just actually reserved my spot. Bryson! 53 people. Bryson's a DraftKings uh, sponsor now. He joins it. Welcome to the team, Bryson. It's good to have you on board. Uh, what would you imagine his ownership will be in our 150 game? Yeah, I mean... 90%? <laughs> high. Very high. I w wouldn't you be shocked if he's not the highest price guy that week? I would be shocked, yeah. I'd say the only guy that could match him is Dustin Johnson was dominating, right? Won the FedEx Cup. Got Corona. We haven't seen him in like a month. He's back this week. If you were to win this week, I could see him and Bryson being the top two guys. Uh, but I, I, I'm gonna be, you know, it's it's, it's gonna be guy. We got two Masters in five months, right? There's one this month, and then there's just it comes back at normal time next year, April the first week in mm. April. So it's like we got a lot of Masters. The next two majors are the Masters. I That's think crazy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's crazy. It is really crazy. I already got my eye on a couple guys too. I've been thinking a lot about it. Okay. Okay, Niners-Packers, Thursday night football. Looks like the Packers are going to play, John, and it'll be the second opponent in a row that the Niners have played that are down to their fourth-string running back. But that's just a little – that's not really the story here today. The story here today is can Nick Mullins be better than he was in his last start? Can Nick Mullins beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Well, the Packers are better than the Eagles. He threw two atrocious interceptions. I think the second one, I, I still believe it, is one of the worst picks I've ever seen. And the first one was pretty awful, but I'd say the first one we've seen a lot throughout the NFL history. The second one, no one in plain sight. I think I saw like a former NFL player just tweet, quote, tweet the, the video like, that's what happens when it works in walkthrough, right? You just throw it with your eyes closed. Yeah. 
No pressure. To me, though, the difference between like the Eagles have a really good defensive line. You the the Packers are not good on defense, guy. They're basically middle of the pack against the run, and Dalvin Cook, who like the Diners, Dalvin Cook's better than Raheem Mostert, but Raheem Mostert was one of the best players on a Super Bowl team. Like Raheem Mostert's a really good player. He's nowhere to be found, right? He's got a hurt knee. Tevin Coleman, who actually you see him run like last week, you're like, God, I forgot this guy runs really hard. This guy's a good, this guy's an NFL player. Out. Jeff Wilson, who I didn't even think was that good. Fucking ran all over the Patriots. Like, this guy's pretty good. Hurts on the last play of the game. And then I, I just I like Hasty, but like I don't envision Hasty doing what Dalvin Cook did to the Packers last week. And Jarek McKinnon just kind of is what it is. So I think it's hard to kind of exploit the Packers. Where, in theory, the Niners, wouldn't you say last year, fucking ran it right down their throat. Dominated them. Shoved them around. And then they can just... Then the Packers are down. You gotta, you can rush the passer. Like, the Niners... Well, Bosa's not around. Buckner's not around. It's hard for me to envision last year's games carrying over much of this game. I don't know about you. But it's just... It's like completely non... They don't have much in common with what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one carryover potentially is even though the roster is very different, right? I think one thing is clear. Robert Sala knows what to do against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, whether or not the Niners' defense can fully execute it. Like you said, it's it's really hard to get pressure on them. Is a different story. I do think they'll be able to run the ball. I mean, they just they they just lost to a Minnesota team. Do you know what Kirk Cousins' numbers were in that game? 11 of 14 for actually 160 yards. Pretty good for 11 and 14. Well, I, I think like 60 of them were a screen pass to Cook that went to the house. Uh, 37 on the longest rush. The longest reception was 50 to Dalvin. So, yeah. So take that away. He's 10 of 13 for 110. Still not terrible for 10 of 13. But Dalvin was over five yards a carry. I think the Niners can be over five yards. It may not look like Dalvin, but I do think the 49ers can be over five yards a carry against Green Bay on Thursday. I know what the game can't look like. I know it can't be 30. I can't, I know it can't require 32 points to win. Well, I got some numbers for you. Okay. Mullins, who it felt like was taking a lot of heat in the in the Eagles game because they do have great defensive linemen, the Packers are dead last in quarterback pressures right now in the NFL. So you go, well, he might have a little bit of time. They're 30th in completion percentage. So you can have success throwing it against And you know them. what his is? 70. Who? Nick Mullins. Mullins' completion percentage is 70%. Now, he played against the Giants and the Jets, too. But he was really good yeah, against I'm, Seattle. And they're 30th in turnovers. So he in takeaways? They don't really take the ball away. Yeah, in takeaways. So, but Mullins will, like, he'll throw it to you. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> you know? he'll, he'll, he'll like, hey, uh, Jair Alexander, coming your way, buddy. Well, you know the pick <laughs> that Daniel Jones threw late on Monday? Yeah. Kind of that's, that one felt kind of Mullins might try to make a play in the same vein. Yeah. The one thing watching the Minnesota game, so they win 28 to 22. They get four touchdowns from Dalvin Cook. They basically won because one they just what kind of basketball. One player just said, "Get on my back, I'll dominate the game." And it's not like Rodgers was bad. He threw three touchdowns to Devontae Adams. Like, he scored 22 points. He just kind of got they gave up to me that screen pass was kind of a backbreaker. But Dalvin was just keeping them in the game. The Packers would score, Dalvin Cook would score. The Packers would score, Dalvin Cook would score and kind of lead them down the field. I just do you envision like Hasty just keeping them in like a back and forth game? Now, Thursday night games do get a little weird. 
maybe you get a turnover. A couple like last year, Aaron Rodgers had a bad turnover. I remember in the first game, the second game was just a bludgeoning. It's just I I think the game would have to get weird for the Niners to beat him because at the end of the day, the Packers are just going to have the best player on the field by a mile right now. The Kittle's out, Bosa's out, Sherman's out. Like, who's the Niners' best? Well, I guess Fred, Fred Warner's Warner. the best player in this game. But you'd say, the, okay, the best player in the game, it, they got two running backs. They might not even try to run the ball. They might just spread you out and start throwing it around, right? That that to me would be the game plan. Yeah. Like, you're going to put Mosley on Devontae? We'll just take our chances with that. Yeah. I, I, you know, to me, the hope in this game is you have, and I, I just, you have Kyle Shanahan. So can he find a way? He is your best weapon if you're the 49ers by a mile, which is why he's a good coach, but he doesn't have a lot to work with here, but he's your best weapon. So I, I, I don't rule it out for them. Now, I also, like you said, I don't – last year was not a part of this conversation either. Because last year, remember, if we add the two scores up, it's like 80 to 25. But, you know, yeah, but I have seen now uh, – look, the Niners don't have Dalvin, and they're not Tampa Bay from a defensive standpoint. But I've just seen in the last few weeks the Packers just have some games where I go, they're not bulletproof. Right? No. They're not. The crazy thing is, if Mullins doesn't have that game against Philly, the Niners are over 500 coming into this game. Like, they'd be 5-3. and three. What It took him shitting the bed for them to lose that game. But they had a lot more healthy players in that game, right? Yeah, I'm just saying that that game is the backbreaker now, looking at the big picture. But I don't... You're saying if they, you're saying if they right now were 5-3 and three instead of being 4-4, four and four, you, you, you could just kind of let it loose in this game a little bit more. Where I think if you're down in this game, you get a little tighter. Does Mullins get tighter? There's no holding the back. The one though. thing I'd say is like, well, you could feel Mullins feel the pressure, right? Because it was Sunday night football. Well, this game is Thursday night football. And, you know, it's not like it is a lot of people watching. Like it is under the lights against the Packers, against the Eagles. And it it's not a freebie like, game, right? You got to win. No, it's not like you just get, oh, he just, he just gets the Jets on uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Like, no, this thing's going to feel. And you're just cramming. That's where I actually think the Niners benefit from it being a super short week. Because this is like short weeks, weird weeks. They got some Corona stuff going on. Though it doesn't totally, like to me, if it had like taken out their wide receiver room, that they would probably push to get the game pushed back. But I know this. If, I, the, I, if the Giants can take the Bucks to the limit, the 49ers can certainly take the Packers and have a chance to win at home on Thursday Night Football. I'm with you. I'm, I, I thought initially if there was any chance Garoppolo would be able to come back, then you'd want this game moved. But once it was clear that he wouldn't come back, I'm with you. Thursday works to the Niners' advantage. Uh, but I also – I've heard a lot of people say that. I, I always disagreed because I just go, well – Jimmy is just doesn't look like Jimmy. So the Jimmy I, I keep getting week in, week out is nowhere near the guy that I saw last year. Yeah. So I don't think it really matters. I, I still think he's better than Nick Mullins. Yeah, not, not at like limping around. Well, no, not limping. But what he was coming into the Seahawks game, even though he looked off early in that game before he got hurt, I would still take that over Nick Mullins. That's my point. Once yeah. he's limping around, no, but... I still thought he made some good. It's not popular. I still thought he made a few good throws early in that Seattle. He made some bad throws, but I, I thought you knew right away you can't win with this, Jimmy. And well, once he missed Jimmy, Kittle over the middle, you, yeah, I just. But but again, we're not arguing. Can you? We're just arguing. Is he better than Mullins? And I would say yeah. healthy. The Jimmy that started the Seattle game, I still think is better than Mullins. But then Mullins came in and looked really good, but. Well, that's why maybe I would I would start kind of go Tampa Bay race. 
I'd start C.J. Beathard, give him the full first series, mm. bring C, uh, Nick out of the pen. There you go. I feel he's done great out of the pen. I like it. As a starter, I don't like the way he looks. Get a seven-point deficit going. Yeah, and just let it loose. Got some breaking news as we're doing our podcast, John. The 49ers who tried to trade Dante Pettis have waived him instead per league source, says Matt Barrows. Surprised? A little. I I, I guess, uh, you know, 2018, so the guy's in his third year of his fourth-year contract. After he fumbled on special teams, you realize he has no value. Can't get on the field to play wide receiver. He has zero value on special teams. Uh, he's just a terrible player. And at the end of the day, the Niners have had some whiffs, right? I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl. What really is amazing is they had some whiffs. Solomon Thomas, when you draft, and listen, he was on the team and played. But when you draft a guy number three overall, that's a whiff. Reuben Foster was a disaster pick because he got in trouble. You had to cut him at a hotel. It was really ugly. This isn't Reuben Foster, and it's probably not as worse as Solomon, or it's not as bad as Solomon Thomas because this guy is a second-round pick. But unlike Solomon Thomas, he couldn't play for you. Yeah, there's always healthy scratches. You'd probably rank him second. I'd go Reuben Foster one. This guy a solid two, and Solomon like two A. It's hard because they're all a different category. Because you took Solomon Thomas in a draft where it was like, well, who went like in a few picks after? Anybody? Well, uh, this Trubisky guy and this Deshaun Watson guy, but other than that, nobody. But at least Solomon, the evaluation of him as an NFL player was correct. You just overvalued him. And Ruben, your evaluation was nails of the talent, but it was just too much of a headache, and he was hurt all the time. Pettis is a total whiff as an as just an evaluation. He's it's just a complete whiff. Sol- Solomon Thomas can play in the NFL. Yeah, look, Ruben, Ruben Foster was an NFL Dante Pettis is not an Let me put it player. this way. You always say this. Like, if you took Solomon Thomas in the third round, you'd be, okay, fine. Yeah. There's not a round that you could have taken Dante Pettis in in which the production you got from him would have been... I mean, John, he had 11 catches last year. I don't remember one of them. Never returned. I mean, rarely returned, if ever. Yeah. It was his best skill. And the other part of it was... Now, you, to your credit, when they drafted Sol- going into that draft, you said, I don't think Solomon Thomas is worthy of a pick this high. I just don't see him as a good enough athlete and pass rusher. I said about Dante Pettis, having watched, I, lo- I loved him in college. He, I thought it was crazy to take him in the second round. I thought it was crazy. And uh, the irony was people have been trying to push this John Ross for Dante Pettis thing. John Ross went really high in that draft. Neither of them turned out to be any good. It's wild. Because it's not like their it quarterback is. was great either, right? So it's like their quarterback. No, wasn't it felt great. like they were making the quarterback, not like like Mike Evans and Johnny Manziel looking back, like yeah, Mike Evans probably carried him, right? You know, this was like remember they made the college football playoffs with the two guys. Well, and the it was two like of those them combined two for like forty touchdowns or something that year. It was crazy. John yeah, Ross, dominant. I thought, was the key to that thing. Watching it, I did think he to was me. The John key. Ross, though, is gonna he's so fast, he's gonna get shots. Dante Pettis to me is like a year out of the league, like. So I saw someone just tweeted like he's going to be a hot waiver pickup. Nobody's picking. No one's claiming Dante Pettis. He'll get a chance. Someone will sign him. He'll be on like a practice squad. He'll have his opportunity depending on how Corona shakes out like OTAs and training camp. I picture him getting cut in training camp next year on team whoever the Jags, 
fucking whoever, some team that had a decent grade on him out, and his career being over, guy. Like, I, I don't think he's an NFL player. Like, John Ross has got two or three spots. He has an elite skill. Dante Pettis has no elite skills. I mean, the Niners, I mean, to put it mildly, hated him. And I don't mean as a human, as a player. I think they despised everything he stood for. Soft, has no role, doesn't feel like he really wants it. And then they do just give him a chance in a big game to like return it, and boom, he immediately fumbles. Now he got kind of KO'd, but still, like, production-based business. This is not high school football. And that, it's kind of crazy that when he got KO'd in that game, his Niner career came to a screeching halt. I mean, it ended. They kicked him off the train. After he got blasted, guy. And that was, he got, I mean, he did one of those helicopters. But not he couldn't even helicopter that far because there were so many other bodies in the area. He, like, hit other people and the ball just fell out. You know what the crazy part about that is to me? It's, that was his best skill, I thought, coming out of college. Was, like, punt returns. Yeah. And at the end, a kick return is what ended his Niner career. He didn't, they didn't even have him return kicks last year. They had him return nine punts as a rookie. He returned 11 punts and, oh, I'm sorry. That was the first kick he's ever returned of his Niner career, John. The last it, one. It was bizarre. I I, I imagine why, because. Why they waited. Well, I, think, um, I think they had so many injuries. I know. They didn't. They never I, thought. I, I, think, I think part of the reason they cut him, guy, is because they can't have a body that they just go, we can't use him. No, no. I totally understand why they cut him. I just think it's kind of crazy that returns was his best skill. And the only time, he never returned as a rookie. He didn't return in his second year. He returned once, and it was the one he fumbled on, got hurt on, and got cut on. You know what's weird is from the moment they drafted him, it feels like they didn't like him. Like once they got around him, they like, could be. Oh, we want this back. Because we always said his rookie year, Guys, have you just been watching him? He broke Deshaun Jackson's punt record. Have him return punts. Is there a chance in practice you're like, yeah, we're not risking this? Even though, Clearly. like, what could you really learn in practice? There's no hitting. Why wouldn't you give him a shot in pra- in, in the games? How many kick, how many punt returns his rookie year? Do you have that open? Uh, yeah, in his rookie year, nine. And I this year, really two. I don't really remember And in you? 2019, zero. That's, they just, they were down on him. I mean, I mean, he was, was three I mean, yards per return, so they didn't see anything flash. <laughs> Kyle, two weeks ago, was like, yeah, we're trying to trade him. Like, I, I think they've been completely over him this year. It would be the argument we've given the Raiders a hard time for trading Lynn Bowden Jr. for whatever. What'd they yeah. get for him? A conditional fifth? They drafted him in third and think they got a fourth. So if the argument is like, well, if we immediately don't like him, the alternative is it ends up like this. Because I just yeah. checked Lynn Bowden's numbers and he's not worth a fourth round pick to Miami. I'll tell you that. But I think a lot of fourth round players around the league don't play. No, no, I'm just rookies. saying. The argument would be if you knew immediately, could you have got? Could you have traded him for a fourth? And people would have made fun of you. But I mean, I, you're saying in 2018. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying if a guy yeah. shows up, you hate him. Are you better off holding on to him for this to happen or doing what the Raiders did and taking shit on Lynn Bowden? Although he was the a di- third round to, pick. This is a second to me, the pick. difference between Lynn Bowden is like he was his deal was more character. I, when you watch Lynn Bowden at Kentucky in the SEC, I thought like, God, this guy's got something. To me, it's like his person, something off the field. Not tr- He's got just some issues. Dante Pettis was more people did not like him as a player. 
for like as an NFL prospect. I remember being. I, shocked I haven't talked to anybody that had like. Yeah, we, we had that guy in the second too. I didn't meet one person that said and, that. And when you ask people who watch a league all the time, they tend to overvalue all their players. I agree. Right, it's always like, oh, Hunter Bryant could, could be top of the second round, the tight end from UW. It's always people over. Oh, Jake Luton, wait till you see Jake Luton start. Only the real ones know how good Jake Luton is. Where'd Hunter Bryant go? Um, undrafted, right? I did he go undrafted or go in the seventh? I think he went undrafted. I thought he, I thought he went undrafted. And it was always like, could Hunter Bryant maybe could he sneak into the second round? Like guys, I uh, he's stiff and has no production, but sure. Um. Guys, George Kittle, who when Dante Pettis got drafted, I was floored in the second round. What's that? I was too. Like George Kittle went in the fifth round. He was a freak athlete. Oh. Like it's just you guys follow the draft. I here here's the brightest spot for the Dante Pettis disaster because that's what it is. It led to two really good wide receivers. I think it. I think it helped. I think sometimes in football specifically, when you make a disastrous pick at a position. It makes you do a lot of introspection of why you misevaluated that position, and they have nailed the last two picks. Debo Stud, you see the last two weeks, only Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and Ayuk are the most three, two highest graded or three highest graded PFF guys. Like clearly, Ayuk's good, you know, and Debo's really good, and they're unique. Like Debo's really unique, and Ayuk's just a good wide receiver. They know what they're looking for now, and if it led them to those two guys. It's worth the disaster. It's not like they just got one. Like I think you do feel like they got two legitimate NFL wide receivers to go along with their star tight end. Now, ironically, sums up the 2020 49ers, two of the three of them. One just went on IR. The other one's got a pulled hammy. And Ayuk's just all by himself right now, the backup quarterback. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's just part of the deal. At least they got good players out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a shitty pick. I mean, it was an awful pick. Bad pick. At the time. That's not hindsight and confirmed now. MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1. MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1. That's where uh, many of you have asked, so that is where the lock of the week will return here in a moment, John. You bet you win, you get paid at MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1. Guy, I, I was, I've been texting around. Pac-12 right now Start kicks off this week. On MyBookie's website, they have all 12 teams. And the odds this year to win the conference. I got one team circled. The California Bears. Cal Bears. 25-1 to 1 to win the conference. Ton of returning guys. Returning quarterback. Good coach. Good defense. You tell me that's not great value. Obviously, Oregon I, and USC. Heavy favorites. Cal at 25-1. to 1. They went 8-5 and five last year. I think it's great value. Chase Garber's healthy. Bill Musgrave, the offensive coordinator. The Justin Wilcox defense, they play Washington week one, who they've beaten the last two times they've played. Really tough division. Uh, Oregon, the favorite, whole new offensive line, new quarterback. I think it's a, I think it's a great value, John. What do, you, what do you think about this? A $400 wager pays $10,000. Wow. Now, here's the thing. In the history of Cal football, my dad used to be a season ticket holder, used to go to games at... Uh, Tony Gonzalez time. Actually, eh, crowds are probably pretty sparse. They weren't very good then. It was like the Mariucci times. Pretty sure they've never been to a Rose Bowl. So if they were to win the Pac-12, it would be their first time ever going to Rose. Like so, it would be a school. Like it'd be a historic season, right? There's a reason they are like that. Like yeah. they don't win the conference. Yeah. 
Yeah. But UW new coach, Oregon ton of opt-outs, right? New quarterback. They're the most talented team, but a lot of question marks. Washington's pretty talented. Stanford, new coach, though. Yeah, Jimmy Lake. Wazoo, but, but new he's coach. there. Like, he knows, every, like, you know what I mean? New offensive coordinator and new quarterback. I would say at UW is a bigger problem than new head coach, right? Stanford, really shitty last year. You think it's going to be much better this year? I, I do think they're going to bounce back. Davis Mills back, but... And then they probably, if they, let's just say they won the North, you probably have to beat USC or Arizona State to win the conference. Where's the game? Do you know where the conference championship game is? Yeah. Vegas? Host, hosted by the home team. By the higher because seed, by the better seed. Is that because Corona this year is just easier to do it that way? Yeah. It was good, but they've moved it from Levi's to Vegas right. starting normal right. times. Right. Which, not going to lie, pretty cool. <laughs> really cool. Did you see uh, Saturday night they played, Nevada and UNLV played in the Raiders stadium. It looked pretty good. Oh, yeah, because that's UNLV's home stadium, right? Yep. Well, can you uh, imagine I, I going? Think, are they not playing at Sam Boyd anymore? They're no, playing they, all their they, home they, games. That was, all that their was home part games? of the Raiders yeah, deal. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, they they split it with them. Remember that was like, listen, we'll 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 pass this deal, but you have, you have to, to let just them play. Be yeah, home of UNLV, sweet. and they're like, yeah, who cares? Easiest easiest concession ever. Like fuck, let them let them come. Marcus Arroyo, come on in. We buddy. won't be there. It's like the grounds crew has to fix the field after they're done. Who won that game? Uh, Nevada won it pretty. They've got a quarterback who uh, is pretty good. Isn't that like, isn't there some name of that rivalry? Like the Ace Trophy or something? Yeah, well, they play for the, the cannon. They play for a cannon. It's like the battle oh, for cannon. Nevada. And then they play for this like, uh, uh, it's like a replica of like a, you know, 19th century uh, 50 caliber cannon. I have to. I might have to go back and look at some of those Kaepernick teams against UNLV. They had to just kick the shit out of them. Did I tell you who Nevada's running back is? I told you this already, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the brother. Somebody hit us up and said Luke Lippincott was the third running back on the three 1,000-yard rusher running back list. Yeah, trust me. I had one of the Fresno State games, uh, they ran for like 700-yard game. The next day, Sunday, staff meeting, I thought Pat Hill was going to fight our defensive line coach. <laughs> Chairs were thrown. Uh, and then it turned out nobody could stop it. Yeah. It so was this like is all part right. of a MyBookie ad. .ag promo code HAM1. If you use MyBookie.ag promo, if you use the promo code HAM1, you can't accept or decline the bonus, right? If you accept the bonus, you have to bet the bonus before you can withdraw the money. So look into those details. But either way, HAM1, even if you decline it, we appreciate the, the love. Yeah, Let them know we sent you. So we yes. want to look at uh, the uh, lock of the week presented by... Uh, my bookie early yep. looks at what it could be. This isn't the final decision, but uh, this is the early looks. Niners getting five and a half. I saw. Um, I actually already ha- I already know my lock. Oh, you do. Week. Let me let me throw a couple. Uh, well, if you know, go ahead. I'm I'm scrolling here to see what jumps out to me. Well, let's just pull up this game. Arizona State, by all accounts, is going to have a really solid team this year. It's week one. Everyone's going to be fired up. They got a ton of talent. There are no fans in in California. So it's not like the Coliseum who, let's face it, the last couple of years has been a shell of itself because they don't like the coach. And USC hasn't been that good since Sam Darnold left. It'd be one thing if they were like three or four point underdogs. Arizona State's getting 10 and a half points. And people that are close to the conference, like you, and I, I mean, I watch a shitload of Pac-12 football. Like that, that, that spread is insane to me. Ten and a half. 
It, I think it was like 11 and a half yesterday. It's already going down. Like that's that that's too big, guy. It is a 9 a.m. game, but that's 10 a.m. That's 10 a.m. on the ASU body clock. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that does that impact USC too? Yeah, I'm just telling you the details of the day. Um, that's on fo- regular Fox 9 a.m. Noon, it's cool. the noon kickoff, baby. <laughs> Clat and Gus. I, but it's got to be the first Pac-12 game Gus has called in forever. To me, to me, you can't call it noon kickoff for us in California. It's 9 a.m. Just the name of what they call the show, you know? <laughs> I know, but it's that's for their East Coast elites, like for fucking everyone at SC. It's going to be weird for SC fans, like, damn, the game's on, <laughs> you know? I know. <laughs> I mean, the other thing Saturday home. is we got Oregon, Stanford is Herb Street and Fowler. What's the line on, on ABC? That game? Also big, also double digits. I don't have it in front of me, but it might be Oregon 11, 11 and a half, something like that. Yeah, I'm scrolling. So you say it's, yeah, I got 10. What do you like? What do you think about a little parlay? Arizona State. Take the underdogs? Yeah, both. I mean, those are two big lines for just they are. Corona I mean, times, again, new quarterbacks. I mean, guys, these lines are huge. They're, they're big. I would not be surprised to see either favorite cover but it seems to me that it's an easy one to take the dogs in those two games you got you got returning quarterback stanford against brand new quarterback oregon you got returning quarterback asu new coordinator on offense you know of course marvin lewis is the sun devil's new defensive coordinator yeah guy i I, i'm going arizona state i'm gonna put some i'm gonna put i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put I'm tempted to put like five hundred dollars on Cal to win the conference. <laughs> the payout's just massive, and I just think you just great value. Sometimes you just got to take a huge swing on something. I, I think their players are smart. They're going to avoid Corona as well as like there aren't that many parties going on at Cal. School's not in session, and their school's hard. It's easier to focus. Like it's kind of in session, but it's probably not as hard. I just I, I like Justin Wilcox. I think physicality. Like they're one of the most physical teams. Definitely just out west in general, but in the conference, it's incredible value. Like if it was like I agree, one, I good. wouldn't like it. Twenty five to one, it's great value. I don't feel great that they're going to win the league, but I feel great that that is value. I know value when I see it, and that's value. I do too. Um, uh, in terms of like calling either one of those games a lock, I don't feel great about any any of that stuff. The one thing I know about SC's offense is it is just really good. So if they were to win that game by a couple scores, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but I, if if I had to choose, I would absolutely take the underdogs in those games. Um, <clears throat> how about the Giants getting three points against the Washington football team this week? Kind of like that. I, I've been really impressed with the Giants over the last month. Also, the Raiders getting one and a half points against the Chargers? Uh, don't. I, pretty, I just wouldn't bet that game. I'm pretty fired up for that game. Nervous. Yeah, it's not a bad game. That's really just what time? That'll be the afternoon game, huh? Yep. So, what's the Sunday night game? Sunday night game is—is is it Saints Bucks? It is Saints Bucks. And then Monday night is Jets Patriots. <laughs> what a shitty game! So, still can't believe Kanye West is our president. Uh, by the way. Mort said the, they're thinking about expanding the playoffs to letting half the league in, basically, right? Is that what he said? Half the league? Uh, yeah, we'll make it... You basically throw out the bye and just have add a team. NFL... So a, sorry, I just found this tweet. NFL Competition Committee expects to present a resolution to owners based on a contingency of having a 16-team playoff 
if games are lost due to the pandemic, especially as bye weeks disappear, according to league sources? I think it's a lie. My theory is this. Baseball this season expanded the playoffs. And the purists like yourself and Bob Costas freaked. I can't believe we added games. I can't believe we diminished the difficulty of it is to get into the playoffs. And then we watched it and it was really fun. Hell, you got work out of it. You got to I don't go remember to freaking about that. that but yeah, I just I just lump you in. Oh, okay. You know, you're just part of the purists. You, you hate the runner on second. You hate the three-inning minimum. You want these games to go for seven hours. Even though you yourself have admitted you don't even watch them, you'll go to bed. Uh, I'm someone that believes, let's pick up the pace. But this, to me, the the reason baseball did it, all the purists just don't quite get it, because they were losing an enormous amount of money. And the extra playoff pool got expanded and made them more money. Well, they split the money with the players. What do you think the NFL realized? They're losing a lot of money by no fans, by just the pandemic. Their salary cap, we've already seen the minimum or the max can go to 175. In a perfect world, they don't want to do that. Like they're they're not trying to like cut costs, right? They if in a perfect world, they would have made more money this year than last year and kept growing. But they haven't been able to do that. <clears throat> I think they looked at baseball and saw that we can just make we were gonna make an extra game. What if we made an extra two games? Is that an extra let's just throw a round number? The extra two games gets us $2 billion. Now that, in a perfect world, that extra billion dollars of the seventh team before they added this eighth team would have just been money on top of the shitload of money they were already making. But they're in they're, that's already cut in half. And I, I think it's just a money play for survival, not because they're greedy pigs, because they don't want to cut costs. They don't want to have to like cut all these players. Like they 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 want to be able to pay people. And uh, everything I've seen on Twitter, all these NFL writers, like, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, guys, there should be some mandatory classes before you cover pro sports on just some basic business stuff. And this one, I get it's kind of out of nowhere, so it could shock you. But if you just follow sports, you just saw baseball do it. And the reason they did it was because of the playoff pool, the amount of money they get from the, the media rights. How much do you think a playoff game is worth to these networks? A lot of money. So I, I think it's just strictly about money for the big picture health of the league next year and not having to get some salary cap at like $170 million. They want to avoid that because that's not good for anybody. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. And I think it's a no-brainer even if you don't, quote-unquote, need the money. Um, I was okay with... See, I, 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 would, I would push it at seven. I think they'd be good with seven. Of course they'd be good with it. But I just think that... And I look, the real argument against it is that football is such a weird relative to the other sports in that you don't play series. You can't have your one seeds getting knocked out in the first round. You don't want your stars losing before they should. Well, there'd be no buy in this scenario. The beauty of football though, is like your eight seed is a, is filled with your eight seed. Everybody knows who those team, those guys are. So, and I don't think it would happen that much. Um, I was for it with baseball. My argument always is I just hate when you on paper say half of your league make the playoff, like I hate it in the NBA because the NBA is filled with shit teams that don't belong in the playoffs in the playoffs. I think the NFL would look a little different because you don't get stuck with five game series with eight seeds like you do in the NBA. It's one game and whatever yeah. it's football. So it, anything can happen in a given game. It's fine. Yeah. Um, your, your eight and eight team for the most part typically looks better in a one game situation than your 41 and 41 NBA team looks in a playoff series. Way better. Season. Way better. Uh, and even if it's not that good, they're gone in three hours. Exactly. So with baseball, I didn't. I like that baseball 
was exclusive. But at the end of the day, it, when they added wild cards, it just became clear like this is good. Even before but do you think it happened, that's here to stay. I, I, I hope so. Because okay. I think three game wild cards are better than one game wild cards too. I think it's the best of both worlds. I think you've made your playoffs better, and you've just made September and August. You just get more teams involved. So did the runner on second grow on you? No, that one did not. That one did not. That ain't changing. But the universal DH did, and they took it away. So whatever. I know. Piss me off. Um, oh yeah, John. I'm to me. This is if they do it this year, especially in a year where you don't want the cap to go down, and you want. I, well, one I'm argument I saw is like this is unfair. To the teams that were going after the one seed. Like, guys, have you followed the NFL? They're not worried about it. They don't give a fuck about, like, the Steelers are mad. They don't also, give a shit. You know what you're going to get is one of these, like, it's these stupid arguments. It's like, if, if, I wish we'd known this before in the trade deadline. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I think this is 100%, and I, I give it credit to the way Rich McKay or Goodell worded it to Mort, right? It's like, we're thinking of the competition committee. Like, no, the committee was your accountants. And it's like, we were just on a call with Rob Manfred. He told us that they got 30% more revenue than they would have got just based on those extra series. We're in. <laughs> you know? We asked this Rob, is, why were you drunk at the end? And he's like, because I saw the final bank account balance. Are, are you with me on this has nothing to do with the competition committee and adding, like, this is just strictly they realize. I don't even understand how you could make a fake argument about the competition committee just because you want people to play the same. I don't even get it. Well, that's clearly the way they leaked it. Because what would the fake argument like a, be? A money grab. I don't know. Just like, we just wanted more teams. Because what happens if they do it and they don't lose any games? Like, no one loses their bye week. Like, Here's all the, the playoff thing. teams are like, exactly. Our bye weeks are cool. This is way better than 17, than an extra game than playing an 18 week regular season, too, I think. I'd rather this than play 17 regular season games. I would agree. Maybe that's their compromise. I would, I, to me, it's much better. Well, to me, game. their compromise would be 17 regular season games at a playoff team. Right, right, right. And <laughs> Super money, Bowl, money, is, money, money, and Super money, Bowl money, becomes money. the best of three. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, our season goes uh, in 2025. It would be like, the NFL season, training Could camp starts about mid-July, and it ends in March. Could you imagine <laughs> the Super Bowl like when it's a best of five and there's two weeks between every game? The one, the one thing football has over all the other sports is every playoff game and really late in the season, like to get in the playoffs, are game sevens. Like that's the buildup for the Super Bowl is it's the it's just one and like watching the Niner game, you're on the edge of your seat, like you're either gonna win or lose it right here. Yeah. It's like the series was it ever saw this be like this sport was fucking made for television? I mean it's just the the way it's just you can't part of a series is like I know as a viewer when I'm into a series, like you know, I go grab dinner. It's only game three. I know, you totally. know it's two one. There's, you know, it's like I. But you can't in a playoff NFL game. You're like, well, if I if I time my order right now, it's like I won't miss I won't miss the second game kickoff. You just you can't miss a snap. I feel like that with the, even the college football playoffs that sometimes typically become duds, but you just know they're like one and done, right? Maybe the Niners get in. I'd say with eight playoff seeds, if they were to win this week, I'd say they wouldn't be dead. I do think the Bears, my guy Matt Nagy's in a little trouble in the sense of they lost a bunch of games. I texted you on the staff. I'm like, who you guys got this week? Even though it was stupid. I was like, couldn't I just go to like my little app? Just a nice way to start a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, oh, the Titans. I'm like, God, you got a fucking tough stretch. It went the Rams, the Saints, the Titans. I, my point is on the Bears is like, could we look up and all of a sudden the Bears are five and five? You know, they started five oh, and yeah. one. Yes. Because <laughs> they are... 
They're coming back to earth quick. Yeah. We always say like, oh, you're five and two. It's going to be hard not to get to nine, but it can be done. It can be. It's called losing about five straight games. (laughs) Uh, All right. On that note. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.